Thank you for tuning in to the Living Hope Church podcast. This is a free resource given to you uh, for your benefit and for your faith to be grown in the Lord. So we encourage you, if you are a Living Hope Church member, to share this podcast, to share these sermons, if they have fueled your faith in any way. And if you are not a Living Hope Church member, we pray and encourage you to stay and remain faithful in a local body, a local church for the building of the body, and that this would only be a supplement for your faith. But we do pray that this encourages you in your faith, all for His glory and for His name's sake. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get into the sermon. So if you have your Bibles, you're invited to, to turn there. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And Peter writes this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. From the beginning, God's plan was to make for himself a people who were made in his image with whom he could dwell, with whom he could have relationship with. And this people were meant to be the whole human race and to bear his image on earth. But as many of us know, that stopped when Adam and Eve fell. That relationship was broken because Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Now time went on, mankind multiplied, but their hearts were still and increasingly bent towards evil. So God calls Abraham out and says he will make a nation out of Abraham's offspring, not just for himself, but to bless the whole world. His offspring becomes the nation of Israel hundreds of years later, whom God set apart as his chosen people. He gave them the law to live so that other nations would know that they served the only God, the creator of heavens and earth. Now we see the same identity that we just read about in the New Testament. We see it that it's an echo from what God wanted the people of Israel to do from the Old Testament. Exodus 19, verses 4 through 6. I'll have part of it up here so you don't have to turn there. Uh, God says, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. Okay, this is after being rescued out of Egypt from slavery. And how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Do you hear the connection there in Peter's words with this passage? Holy nation, chosen race, a royal priesthood, a people for God's own possession. The ultimate aim was for the whole nation of Israel to be priests, not just the tribe of Levites, but the whole nation. If you are in Christ, then you are his treasured possession. You have a clear identity in him. 
You have been chosen out of all the peoples of the earth to be God's child. You are safe and secure under his protective authority. Folks, you have a clear identity in Christ. So not only do the people of God have a clear identity, we also have a clear purpose. The function of the priest was to mediate the presence of God with the people of God. A mediator is somebody who stands between two other parties and brings them together. The Old Testament priesthood was prescribed. It prescribed how to mediate that presence. This included the administering of God's provision for the forgiveness of sin through animal sacrifice. This was built into the way that God called them. Okay, in other words, the people of Israel couldn't just come to God however they wanted. They had to follow certain rules. Why? Because God's a holy God. But God wants relationships, so he spelled it out. Here's what you need to do so that I can forgive your sin and your relationship with me be restored. And that was the role of the Levitical priesthood, the priests, the nation of Israel, what they did for the whole nation of Israel by mediating the presence of God with the people of God. So the whole nation of Israel was to be a kingdom of priests to mediate God's presence to all the other nations. So what we see happening on a small scale within the nation of Israel was God's intent for the whole nation of Israel to be to the whole world. This was their clear purpose. It was God's ultimate aim. And guess what? We as followers of Jesus, we have the same purpose. Listen to Peter's passage here. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. See, proclaim has this idea of going out. Right? Proclaim. It's going out. It's extending. It's reaching out. It's not withholding. It's not keeping it to yourself. But proclaiming. That you may proclaim. So we have this identity. Why? Why do we have that we may proclaim the excellencies? Oh, I love that word. I've tasted and seen the excellencies of God. He is so good. And he has so much more excellencies for each of us. But again, it's not just for us just to contain. It's for us to proclaim. Look at how awesome God is. Yeah, I want you to know him. Here's what he's done in my life. Come on, come with me. Let's enter into his presence. One's purpose. Our, our purpose is one's called and identified by Jesus to extend the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth. God's kingdom is where he dwells. He is present in his kingdom. So when his kingdom is extended, his presence is extended. 
And just as the golden arches of McDonald's are the most recognizable sign for fast food in the world, so the church is called to be the most recognizable sign of God's presence. When people look, at, look to us either corporately or individually, the intent is to see signs that God is in our midst. And to know that they are invited to join us. We don't close the door on them. No, we want them to see so that we can invite, bring them, or either bring them here or going to them. But either way, the point is that they, the church is meant to be the most recognizable sign of God's presence here on earth. Just the way that the nation of Israel was meant to be the sign to all the nations around them that God is in their midst. So we have a clear identity in Christ. And we have a clear purpose in Christ, to extend his presence, to make him known. And finally, God's people have a clear means to fulfill their purpose. As I mentioned before, another part of McDonald's success of having a worldwide presence is their commitment to training and equipping others to be successful in each restaurant. Guess what? They understand the importance of building people up because they're copying God's plan. That's my whole reason for bringing up McDonald's. It's not to point to them and say, let's follow them. No, the point is to say, what we read in Scripture, they are following the very principles. That's why they're successful. So the point is, let's draw our minds to the principles in God's Word so that we can actually fulfill our purpose of having a worldwide presence where God is present on earth. Because God did not just call one generation of Israelites to be a kingdom of priests. It was for any and every Israelite from that point on. Israel's troubles that we read about in the Old Testament were the result of them rejecting their identity and rejecting their purpose. As, as God's chosen people and not following God's prescribed ways of living in his presence. They failed. And guess what? If we were in their shoes, we would fail too. We are not more special than the Israelites. But the privilege that we have is that we stand in a new covenant delivered by Jesus, a greater one, a more intimate one, one where God's presence is even more available and open through Jesus. But just think, they were meant to pass it along. And the means God chose to maintain and perpetuate, keep their identity and purpose going from generation to generation was the family unit. And this is why we hold to the family unit as the starting point of a kingdom culture, of a way of life unto Jesus. That's where, the fam that's where it begins is with the family. So listen to Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 6 through 7. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. That's like all the time. Diligently, ongoing, not just one day, 
but as a way of life, of passing on. Passing on what God has done, who our pur- what our purpose is, what our identity is. We are God's chosen people, his treasure possession, so that we may proclaim the excellencies of him. It's not just for us here, this generation. It's for us to pass the baton every single generation. And we see this modeled. That's what God wanted the people of Israel to do. Teach it to their children. Notice the intentionality in the continual learning environment God intended for the Israelites. As the child grows up, they have been immersed in God's way of life for his people. They know their identity and they know their purpose and are able then to pass it on to their children and from their children to their children and to keep it going. This is God's way. Now, in our passage, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it's not explicit, but guess what? If we look a bit earlier in the context, we see how this is referenced. So it's chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men... But in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The assumption is the instruction is to be built up. Well, built up for what? To offer sacrifices. And each person that comes in to be built up as well. So that all together, the body of Christ is being built up as a spiritual house, a temple, where God's presence is there. This building up is what Jesus was referring to when he commanded to his followers to make disciples. Discipleship is the means Jesus has given us, the body of Christ, all of his followers, to build others up in their identity in Christ and their purpose in Christ, which is to mediate and extend God's presence to the world in Jesus. See, we follow God's example by following Jesus' example, who spent intentional, personal time with his disciples and built them up passed along skills and knowledge so that when he left, they could carry it on. He taught them diligently. Whenever they lay down, whenever they rose up, whatever they were sitting in their home, or when they were walking by the way, Jesus was intentional in building up his disciples with skills and knowledge He's passing the baton on to them. He was building them up. It was in that personal context that he taught them how to obey. And this included the development of certain skills. And we see the success of Jesus' training in Acts. Acts 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. Why were they astonished? 
because they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They had recognized that they had been with Jesus. Do you see how discipleship helped people to see Jesus clearly? That's the intent. That's the intent. And that's why discipleship is one of those things is at the core of a kingdom culture. If we're not building people, then worship, community, wielding the power and authority through Christ, it's going to stop. God has called us the passive baton for each of us to be built up so that we can in turn help build others up. I'm not just talking about encouragement. It's much more than that. It's actually training the Jesus way of life because it doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen by you coming here and listening to some pastor telling you this is what it's like. Remember, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way of life. There is a way in which to live life with God and a way not to live life with God. And that requires us learning skills because we all fumble about. And so we need help. We need to learn certain skills, the same skills that Jesus passed on to his men. We need to be passing those on to each other so that we're all learning and growing God's way of life in Jesus, not just the truth. We, we do great on passing on truth. You listen to your radios, whether through song or through um, Radio, uh, what, sermons, uh, people speaking. We do really well at the knowledge, at the truth part, that Jesus is the truth. Yeah, no problem. We're getting it all the time. Then how come we're not making a dent in the world? I'll, I'll just restrict it to America because God is moving very powerfully in other parts of the world, particularly China and South America. But here in America... With all the wealth of knowledge that we have, we are not making a dent. And I ask you why. Why are we not, for all the, all the presence that we have, people know that evangelicals exist. Why are we not making a dent? My answer to you is when I look at Scripture, we are not discipling. We are not equipping the next generation we are not building them up so that whenever we're gone, they, they, they know the baton. They know their identity. They are the ones to pass along the baton. And they know the means of passing on the baton to the next generation. So here are some simple questions. Do you know your identity in Christ? This is the starting point, knowing who you are. And in your bulletins, we have the blue half sheet, which summarizes not exhaustive, but it mentions a number of what are called positional truths, things true of you, of your identity in Christ. If you're not in Christ, those things are not true of you. When you're in Christ, these things immediately upon receiving Jesus, they are true of you. And we have given that to you so that you can put it in your Bible or put it in a place where you regularly see it, and you can review it and remind yourself who you are. 
who you are. The example of Jesus shows us that discipleship is the best means. Think about who we get the example from. It's Jesus. He's no idiot. He is the wisest, smartest man who's ever lived. And if we go away from his model, his example, we're not being that smart. So if we really want to reach the world, if we really want to reach Medina if we, and beyond, we need to make sure that we're following Christ's example. And that meant spending personal time with others, building them up, or making yourself available. Yeah, giving, giving up some of your busy schedules, taking some things off so that you can be built into by others in order to be built up as a place where God dwells so that the world knows God is present here. And when we do that, that'll be another way that the world sees Jesus clearly. That's our heart. Let's pray. Just, just take a moment. And just in your heart, just say, God, here I am. Here I am. And just thank him for the people that have touched your life and built you up. And I also want you to thank the Lord for using you that God has used you to build others up. Some of you might be saying, I don't have anybody in mind. No, God has used you. So just thank him for using you. And now just with this question of being built up, being discipled, like Jesus discipled. What's coming up in your heart? Holy Spirit, would you just help people to be aware? Right now, in the name of Jesus, on his authority, we just silence the voice of the enemy who seeks to be throwing accusations and half-truths to bring us down. We silence him right now in the authority of Christ. We also silence the flesh, the old man, our sinful nature that also wants to condemn. We just silence both of those right now in the name of Jesus. And we reserve our ears only for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because in Christ there is therefore now no condemnation. So Holy Spirit, would you help us just to see and hear your voice 
with this question about being discipled. If an opportunity were to come to any of us for a younger believer wanting to be built up, are we ready to be that person to help them? It's not a condemning question. It's just simply a question, am I there yet? Now let's, let's not listen to our own evaluation of ourselves. Let's listen to the Spirit's evaluation of ourselves. Because I know all of us don't feel adequate. But as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, that in Christ we've been made adequate. We have been made adequate, and he was there to help us along the way. But are we even willing, are we even open to being used by God in that way? Does that evaluation line up with who I am in Christ? And do I understand my purpose to help be a mediator, to show who Jesus is? For he is the mediator between God and man. And we're only pointing to him. Access to the Heavenly Father through him, that's it. So Holy Spirit, speak to our role as your priest. We're all priests in you. We've all been called to the priesthood so that we might proclaim the excellencies of you who called us out of darkness, who called us out of the miry clay, who called us out of sin and sorrow and into your marvelous, glorious, beautiful, loving, merciful, kind, good light. Holy Spirit, would you help us just to confess and agree with you if it's the case that we're not following in obedience in the means that you have given us to extend your presence to the ends of the earth. Whatever way that we may have neglected making disciples, would you help us just to confess and agree with you without condemnation. Again, we have silenced those voices. Only the voice of the Spirit, the voice of truth, is allowed to speak here in this place. So would we be a people? Help us to be that royal priesthood, that holy nation, a people for your own possession, that the whole world would know that you are in our midst. And help us to grow as a church in making disciples, building others up with not just knowledge, but skill to live life as you have designed it in Jesus. May we be a, a people of, of grace towards one another. We're ready to 
another up. May this place that is your people be filled with grace for you have lavished it on us as if we were under Niagara Falls. It's so beautiful. Thank you. So continue to speak to our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.